Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah, a guide through trauma, personal healing, growth, and discovery leading to the ultimate life of joy, mental wellness, and less fear. As a single mother, certified coach in transitional change and adventure, I will share my personal traumas and help you with steps to be free of whatever internal or external chains are keeping you from enjoying this life. My guests and I go beyond the typical conversation as they share their inspirational journeys. And every other week, I bring you my solo episodes where I highlight issues or ahas that I know you are going through too. From relationships, aspirations that have seemed impossible, motherhood, friendships, work, transitions, inertia, depression, my wish is this forum can help you through all of this and more. My mission is to create a supportive community and connection that empowers each one of you to love yourself and believe you're right to live boldly. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah. This is my son, Carson Kranz, and he's going to be joining us today to talk about mindset, uh, mental health, uh, well-being. He is going to introduce himself because, well, he's 22 and he can do that. Right, Carson? Right. All right. So come on up. Welcome. Welcome to the pod. Did you know? Hey, wait, Carson, can I give you a little bit of statistics? A little bit of uh, uh, something that I just found out. So our podcast has grown 85% in the year of 2023. Did you know that? Yeah. I told you that yesterday. I, it's super exciting. And we are now streamed in 24 countries, 24 countries. Very exciting. It's very exciting. So maybe you can get us up to, I don't know, 32 countries and maybe. we can grow another 100% with this episode. Okay. So introduce yourself, my friend. Um, hi, everyone. I'm a USC student athlete, uh, senior this year, captain of the men's water polo team. I guess that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's so much more than that. I love your humbleness. Okay. So where I want to dive in is this, you, let's kind of give a little bit of a backstory on you and swimming. Obviously we used to, I used to take you to the pool quite a bit. That's how you got into swimming, right? Like mm-hmm. what was your, can, can we just give like a little snapshot into the younger version of Carson? What was your favorite toy that you used to play with in the pool? Probably a torpedo. I don't know. It was. It was the torpedo and ding, ding, ding. It was Power Rangers. Remember how you used to take the Power Rangers and you'd play with them in the pool? So um, you got into swimming. And then as time went on, uh, you became a really good swimmer, right? Like you were you were swimming in. Um, yeah, I was, I was swimming pretty competitively. I mean, I started when I was four um, and that was up in Northern California. And then up until we moved when I think I was nine or ten. And then I got into water polo down here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you remember? And I know we go back and forth on this one. Do you remember when we 
first got you into water polo and we couldn't find you were playing basketball at the same time as well right and I was like hey like swimming is really something that you're so good at and so let's try water polo do you remember this whole thing can I share the story all right so I found this water polo team this water polo club called Trojan Water Polo Club and I took you to your very first uh practice Mm -hmm. and did you like it um, I thought it was really long, but I did like it. <laughs> you did like it. I missed the water. So, yeah. So then we got into the very first, uh, competitive match. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. What, what happened during that match? I remember it didn't go particularly well, but in the back of my mind, I kind of knew that I should stick with this. So. Mm-hmm. And so you were kind of like, okay, I don't know about the sport, but I kind of like the sport, but I don't understand the sport. And then I said, you have to give it two weeks. And if you give it two weeks, that's like the, 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 the timeline. And then I said, if you don't like it after two weeks, you can quit. Mm-hmm. And what happens? I'm the captain of the USC men's water polo team now. Yeah. There were some times I'm going to tell you as your mom that you wanted to quit. You may not remember that, but there were definitely some times where you're uh, like, this that, sucks, oh yeah, this is really hard. There definitely were. Uh-huh. And I kept saying, dude, two two weeks, two weeks. I don't think back then I called you dude, but now I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, two weeks, you got to give it two weeks. And then if you don't like it, because a habit needs to continue, you got to like keep going, right? Until it becomes something that you really decide if you like or not. So now you're the captain of the men's water polo team. And I'm wearing your garb and cheering you on as mm-hmm. a huge fan. So let's talk about how water polo, how the sport has helped you through your most difficult times and also how it has, um, how has it helped like within those times of your life where you felt like you were up against a wall, maybe in mental health, especially because you guys went through COVID and all sorts of different things. You've lived through the divorce of your parents. Uh, So how has water polo been a helpful therapy for you? Yeah. um, I mean, come on up. I've, I've been into been in a lot of uh, different stages of my life. The one thing that's been constant has been water polo or consistent. Um, I think a lot of people have different reactions to certain events in their life, like big events. Um, and for me, for the, like the divorce through COVID, you know, through a bunch of other things, yeah, I just kind of poured myself more into water polo. It was kind of this the place where it was my passion and a place where I felt like those emotions of the outside world couldn't get to you. Um, and it was like my safe space, my safe space. So, you know, for that, I was really grateful that I stuck with the sport. And I mean, that was just, that's been my like thing for the past, you know, over a decade. And I'm eventually I'm going to find something else and I can't wait for that opportunity as well. So, but yeah, it's been a major help for me, especially when I was younger with, you know, the, the divorce and everything, like it really helped, you know? So I think developing the habit of going to practice, like training and, you know, grinding like every day, waking up at the brink of dawn, I think it, you know, made me into the person I am today. And ultimately I'm really grateful for, you know, it sucked at some points, always does but you know i'm grateful for how it's gotten me to where i am now so how has go like when we're thinking about you being a swimmer where you're competitive you're competing literally against yourself right and then you have those times where you're in a team and you're working with the team 
how has how has that changed? Like how what what has shifted? How has it shifted for you going from because you also did competitive sw- swimming right in high school? Mm-hmm. So what is the difference, or what have you found the difference between a sport where it's just you and a sport where you actually have the team with you surrounding you? Yeah, I mean it's it's completely different. Like an individual sport such as swimming, you're just focused on yourself most of the time. I mean, there's like some like team relays, but most of the time you're like doing individual events. And so a lot of the time you're kind of focusing on yourself, whereas in the team setting, it's always you're putting yourself, the team in front of yourself. And that's, you know, how good teams win. And I enjoy, I particularly enjoy working with a team more. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be playing with USC for all these years. And I think it's always like such a long process, you know, the full year getting the guys ready to you know, play in the NCAAs in December. And, you know, it's it's a huge grind and it's a lot of sacrifice. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's, in my eyes, it's worth it. And I think being a part of a team, I mean, my team especially, but just a team in general, like, there's a lot of things that you can learn from the guys next to you. And I think it translates re- really well into the real world, um, you know, when you're working a real job and, um yeah so i think being a team athlete has a lot of benefits um and it translates well all right we're going to pin that because i actually want to talk about how it translates into life so pin that thought you can help me because you know that sometimes i forget so um i want to dive into when you're in the pool has there ever been a time for you i know like specifically i'm thinking me when i'm climbing mountains or you know on the ocean or whatever and i'm working through stuff and i'm i'm sitting with like a moment right where i'm like oh my god i remember that moment or i remember that moment has there ever been a moment when you've been in the pool where you had to grind so deep and you really had to focus or you had to use you know that mental resilience or you know fortitude to work through something what was that moment and how did that, could you go there? Could you go like to that moment? Yeah, I think a lot of those like particular moments are probably when I was younger and going through a lot of challenges outside the water. So sometimes when I was younger, I let, you know, the outside struggles going on in my life affect me in the water. But as I've gotten older, um, you know, you learn to, keep your two worlds separate and I think uh yeah I mean I I can think of like times in high school even times in college like specific moments where I'm like the hard moments when you're in a four-hour training and you know you're dead tired physically but it's the mental drive that keeps you going it's like at that point it's it's just your mental state of mind that's going to keep you going the extra mile and um you know, for me, I think one of the things that I do is I just, I'm always telling myself that I can do it in my mind. Cause if, you know, if you're, if you have any thought that you can't complete the task at hand, then, you know, it's, there's a good chance that you won't. And so I think the mental, yes, the physical part of the sport is really important, but I think the mental part is the most important. And, that's all additionally one of the things that translates really well into the real world um is building you know 
the good habits, the the killer mindset, like, and yeah. So have you ever been overtaken by emotions though? How do you keep your emotions in check? Cause I think that that's actually, I think that that can be one of the most difficult things to do is, as you know, in my life too, because I'm a little bit of an emotional person sometimes is actually keeping those emotions in check. So how have you, have you ever had that where your emotions, you're like, oh God, like the emotions are starting to take over. And what have you done to uh, correct that? Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm a pretty calm and collected person, I would say. And so for me, it was, it wasn't ever really lashing out in anger, like punching someone or something like that. Like, yes, it's happened before, but it's not often for, for me, it's more so I notice when I'm kind of in a funk and I've been, you know, in the recent years, I've been getting better at getting out of like, you know, if, if I'm in just like a slump or just things aren't going my way, you know, um, again, it goes back to the mental attitude of like, you can't you always have to know that you're going to succeed and you have to like truly believe that you truly have to believe in your abilities. And for me, it's my training. Like you got to believe in all the training that you did, all the hours that you put in um, to know that like you're going to execute when game time comes. And, but the mental part is like the most important. I mean, even if you don't have all the hours of training, the mental part is you got to know that you can do it and that, I mean, that's all facets of life. Like, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought, but. (laughs) Welcome to my world. um, (laughs) Okay. So what do you guys do though? Do you guys do visualizations or do you meditate or do you like, what, what do you guys do? Do you, do you see it? Like, I mean, like right now I'm like seeing myself when I'm, when I'm thinking about like how, what I want to accomplish in life, you know, being on stage, for example, I'm like, I see myself up there first before i ever am there mm-hmm. and so do what do you guys do yeah i mean similar to that we we would meditate um almost before every practice we would leave we would read a passage one of our coaches would read a passage from this book and we would meditate for about five minutes um just to kind of because our practices are in the afternoon and after a long day of school again, like you want to separate your two worlds. And so the meditation was one of the ways we did that. Um, It's kind of visualizing yourself, you know, what you're going to accomplish and practice that day, for example, Um, like what you're going to do better. For me, it was trying to get 1% better every day. And that's good. um, (laughs) And how you do that is by focusing on a you know, just a few things each day that you want to improve on. And, you know, at the end of the practice, like, did I do that today? And, um, you know, did I execute these maybe three, three goals that you had for the practice? So, and that's, you know, that's just one way of gradually getting better over time. Um, but, and, and then, yeah, going into the visualization part, I think, you know, I, every night before games, I try and, put myself in situations that I might be in the next day in the game. Um, Cause then if you do that, then you're going to be ready, you know, when the time comes to execute, whether it's, you know, that pass, that shot, 
the defensive stop, whatever it may be. Um, I think visualizing is super important. I started to – I haven't done it, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I don't do it before every single night before every game. But um, one thing I do do before every game is I do these, uh, like, 10-minute breathing exercises just to kind of – for me, I'm already like hyped for every game. So I kind of have to like cool down and relax. Um, and doing like box breathing, for example, is like one way I just uh, try and get level headed and clear minded. It's like four, four seconds in, uh, four seconds in, four seconds hold, four seconds out, four seconds hold, four seconds in. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. One of our coaches, uh, um, brought that to when I was a freshman he implemented that into our um training so interesting yeah yeah it's it's really interesting That's stuff really I think cool. uh breathing is a really underrated um thing especially for athletes and anyone in general I mean I do I mean, even if I'm like stressed out uh I just take five minutes a day I mean it's it's really easy but but that's one way I I personally like doing that more than trying to visualize myself, but I think visualization is super important. Um, so especially if you're struggling, I think mentally going over all the, um, like for you, it's going up on stage and, you know, thinking about, you know, what is like the message I'm trying to communicate to the, to the audience? Um, you know, for us, it's, how am I going to, kick the other guy's ass <laughs> speaking of have you ever had that where you're because like me and the stands I there's been times where I'm like hey get off my kid especially when you were younger where you know it's hard it's hard watching another kid literally taking down your child in the pool that hasn't happened but <laughs> well you know what I mean yeah where, where they're like they're trying to they're trying to have you ever had that though where you have had to keep your cool so much where you've actually had to like walk, like swim away from somebody or were you um, in practice? Yeah. in in practice, definitely where I'm at at USC, we treat every practice like it's a real game. So it definitely can get very heated sometimes. And I mean, some people have even gotten in fights, like it's, it's very common and, but it makes everyone better. I mean, cause it's, if you're treating, you know the real game or the training like a real game then it's it's going to translate if you're just kind of loud lollygagging um in your training then it's not you're not going to execute when the time comes to execute so uh, i'm sure that translates into the real world as well um so let's talk about that <clears throat> okay let's talk leadership you ready because yeah. you are now captain of the the men's water polo team mm -hmm. did you ever expect that yeah really no kidding yeah that's awesome i didn't know that um you were also which i saw recently you took us through uh the usc athletic area and everything and your like life-size picture of you is representing men's water polo right mm-hmm <laughs> I love your humbleness. It's really cool. It's pretty cool, yeah. It's, it's dude, cool. it's like super cool. It's yeah. like super, super freaking cool. So did you ever expect that? Did you anticipate that at some point? 
Yeah, I think, you know, usually every year, like one player on the team is asked to represent the team. And um, I think in the back of my mind, when I was a freshman and a younger player, you know, I was like, I want to be up on the wall, but it wasn't really like a, it wasn't like a goal of mine to be on the wall. Like, you know, the goal is to win a national championship. Um, obviously it's, it's a cool, like side, you know, thing, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was like necessarily a goal of mine, but it was definitely in my mind. Like I, I wasn't surprised, I guess, when they asked me to do it, I'll put it that way. That's cool. Did you always, even as a young child anticipate playing or competing at this level yeah i i mean dude i didn't know this this is really cool come up a I little mean, bit closer to the mic though there we go yeah, okay, okay okay um yeah i mean it was a goal of mine when i was pretty young i don't i, I can't really date back necessarily to when exactly i was like i want to play division one college water polo but i can imagine right when i probably when i got to high school right when i got to high school i think the the game was because when you're an age group and you know in middle school it's there's a certain level of play that you go through and you know by the time you're 14 and in eighth grade you're my team was at you know the top of the country kind of we were like top three in junior olympics and so um but then the level rises when you get to high school it's like you're a freshman it's a completely different ball game you know, there's guys that are bigger than you, stronger, faster, and you kind of have to, and it was, it was really hard to adjust to that level. But um, I think that's when I first was like, okay, like I want to do this. I want to play in college, especially just, you know, you develop role models in the sport from guys that are older than you, um, you know, who go off to college and play and you watch them play and you're like, you know, I want to be doing that. I want to be doing that. And so I think it was always in the back of my mind. And I think it gave me that extra drive to want to play at the top of, you know, NCAA water polo and, you know, get into a good school and use water polo to get into a good school. I mean, I'm like eternally grateful for the way it's played out. I mean, it's been pretty surreal. Um, I kind of knew that I was, I kind of knew I was always going to end up at USC, um, especially after I took an official visit. I was like, I mean, it, it was like the place that felt the most like home to me and um, definitely, I mean, one of the best decisions of my life. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was like, I, I knew I wanted to do it. And I think knowing, having known that, it's just been a very surreal experience. Um, playing these last three or four years um, and having one more left. So yeah. but go all the way back. Like, cause I do this with my clients too, right? Right. Have them go back to that first memory or that first moment uh, when they were really, really young, where they, where they had like this hint of. I think it was when I scored my first goal. Um, oh, I'm going to start to cry. Probably. Like literally. Um, probably when I scored my first goal, I think, because like we were talking about earlier, the first game, it was pretty tough. But then a few weekends after I 
played really well. Um, scored my first goal, and I think I was just like, after that, I was like, holy shit, this is so much fun. And, um, you know, you want to be, after that, I was like, I'm going to give my everything to keep this going, you know, so. Are you looking to bring a little more happiness into your life or want to learn how to step outside your comfort zone? Guess what? Our digital downloadable programs are only $39 just for a limited time. Go grab Unstuck and Free, How to Live Outside Your Comfort Zone, filmed in the mountains of Southern California, Mount Baldy to be exact, my favorite mountain, or go grab Seven Steps to Happiness. This is filmed on the High Sierra Loop in Yosemite National Park. Incredible, incredible visuals. These programs will take you to that next step and rise you into living your best life. Use the coupon code LIVEBOLDLY at checkout, L-I-V-E-B-O-L-D-L-Y. Go grab them, sarahshiltoncrans.com, underneath more and digital programs. I remember your first game. Yeah. <laughs> was, you were a little confused out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's just fun, I think, for parents to watch their kids find that passion in life and then use it and create this life for themselves. It's not about us. It's about you guys. Like you, you guys are using what you love and you're creating a life for yourself. And there's, to me, there's no better gift for a parent than also to watch that happen and unfold for you. Mm -hmm. So it's been really cool to be your mom and to watch this. So um, do you think, and and if you don't want to answer this, it's totally fine. But do you do you think that you going through those struggles, through the divorce, through the move, through that those because we've had some major transitions in this house mm -hmm. from the divorce to then you know for those that don't know we sold our house across the street, moved into this little rental over here that was supposed to be for a year, and now we're on what year six five I don't even know just haven't moved out. Um, but do you think that? going through those difficult times has helped you or um, hindered you? Like how, how do you think it's affected your play or how do you think that it's, do you think it's been a, an actual help in what you've been doing? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's definitely helped. Um, I remember when I was kind of right when everything happened when I was 13 Um I definitely struggled a bit, but I had my coaches um, who all, he also played at USC and I played for his older brother in high school, but he was the one who was always there for me and kind of opened my eyes to everything may not be perfect at home, but there is a chance to make things like, I don't know, perfect here in the water. And it's a, place for you to forget um and just play and I think those words from him will always stick with me and I mean that was just a guy that kind of went through the not a similar situation but he went through playing at USC and he you know he's learned all those you know he definitely went through struggles of his own I mean I think everyone does and that was just a guy imparting wisdom on a 13-year-old kid who, you know, is now playing the same place he uh, that he was playing at. And, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely helped, like, it's shaped me into who I am and 
I think it's put a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, um, you know, remembering where I was, like where I come from and um, the things that I've gone through. And I think it's helped, it's helped me now because, you know, because I'm in, in college, it's like you're going to go through challenging stuff and I have been going through challenging stuff. And it's def that edge, that chip on my shoulder that I think it put on me when I was younger. It's, it's helped me now because I think any hard situation, I can kind of process it and take a step back and realize that, you know, like everything is going to be okay at the end of the day. And um, I think I've become more okay with who I am throughout you know all of the you know the family the divorce the all that stuff and the move and yeah so I think it's helped me with struggles in the pool and struggles outside of the pool um so yeah I mean grateful for that I think what advice that you what's the greatest advice that you've taken or what's yes that also the, the greatest lesson that you have taken from all, cause I mean, there's so many kids that go through changes, right? Like hard challenges, mental health issues where they're, you know, up against mindset issues or whatever it is. What advice, if you were speaking to a younger version of yourself or to somebody else, what advice would you give them in terms of what you've learned through all of this? Just to like a general just like the general public or anybody not a player not a player okay. just the general public like any young person that's going through mm -hmm. a difficult time right now where they're up against what they think is like the greatest battle right yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's always our greatest battle right to us yeah um i mean it, definitely a hard question to answer but i think I would say the most important thing is trying to find a community or a group or can even just be friends or an activity, like something that you're passionate about, finding that passion within you for whatever it may be. I mean, it can, for me, it was sports, but there's so many other things that you know, you can be interested in. I mean, and so I think that worked for me. And I would say that for anyone struggling with whatever it may be, um, especially if you're, you know, if you're young, um, I would say try new things, like try new things. And um, I don't know if there's like a specific advice I could personally give but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna try i'm not gonna try but but that's my advice try and find something that you're passionate about and somewhere that you can have a safe space and uh yeah i mean it can be sports art music can be school um yeah so i think that's a great advice for me it was the art room mm -hmm. i that's what got me into all the stuff that i'm in so let's talk about transitioning into how the heck are you going to take this and uh, use this in the real world? How does this transition 
all of this into the real world in terms of leadership, in terms of work, in terms of life, like creating what you want, having that resilience moving forward? Yeah. Um, well, I think haven't had a job yet, but actually that's not true, dude. Like we've had, I, I told you, like the, I've told I mean, you, like, I, I'm going to be mom here no, for a second. No, I told you, I'm like, no, your I, job. I, is know, gonna... I already know what you're going to say, but what, what am I going to say? You just said it. Yeah. But, your job uh, is the being in the pool. That's been, yeah, no, that's it's a huge no, job. Yeah, it is a huge job, but leading, leading that team is a freaking huge job. Yeah, like no, I'm going to pat job. you on the back. It's a huge job. Um, I think in terms of translating into the real world, professionals are looking for people that, for example, a student at. Psst, this will air on LinkedIn. <laughs> a student, <laughs> a student at a unit four year university with a degree, you know, they're going to look at that and say, okay, like this person showed up for four years, attended all their classes, you know, graduated. And that's, you know, back to the consistent habits that we were talking about. Um, additionally, like, you know, I'm also a student and I think also having the athlete part, it's brings a lot more to the table um, in terms of leadership, you know, collaboration, teamwork. Um, and that's what I think people are looking for is, someone who is reliable and consistent. And so I think being a student athlete at USC for four years, it's, I definitely have, you know, proved that, um, that I can be somewhere and, you know, thrive in one place for many years. And, um, at the end of the day, like that's, it's the same way in a real job and whatever you may be doing, that's my answer. Have you ever wanted to quit? Yeah, I think there have been times when I have wanted to quit. More so when I was younger. Um, I guess now, recently, honestly, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play another season. Um, just because I felt like I kind of wanted to get on with my professional career. And I still don't know exactly if I'm going to play um, professionally overseas yet or not. So I have to decide on that, but um, I was definitely not unsure if I was going to take, for anyone who doesn't know, basically I was, I was a freshman during the whole COVID pandemic. So I played that season, but then they gave us another year of eligibility because it was a postponed and shortened season with no fans. So they gave us you another year, they, they gave us another year of eligibility, um, which I will be taking next fall. So, um, but in a normal, you know, if there was, if there was no COVID, then I would be fully done this spring. Um, which is pretty, pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. But so I'm not done yet. You're <laughs> yeah. not done yet. Yeah. You, you got, you got, you got a, one more thing to take care of, which yeah, yeah. we know yeah. what that is. Uh, okay. So have you ever had imposter syndrome in the pool? Have you ever, you know what imposter syndrome is where like you feel like you're not really the like you're not, not being yourself. you're not being yourself right like like am i really the leader am i really the can i really do this have you ever um have you ever experienced imposter syndrome or like yeah actually you felt season... like where you felt like you were a saboteur 
Like, yeah, actually, this season I did. Um, really? At the beginning of the season, I think he was stepping into the, the captain role. We had a brand new team, and so it was hard to – I was like, you know, I was a captain senior year of high school, but being a captain at this level is completely different. Um, it's a lot more demanding, and I think setting an example was – there's always eyes on you and you know you always want to lead by example and so I think I felt like I wasn't doing that for whatever reason in the first few games of the season um but again like I I worked through that I started journaling actually so that was one of my new hobbies that I got into um I started talking to a sports psychiatrist or therapist um who they the university offers the athletic department offers that to all the athletes so it was very accessible for me and honestly I was I was upset with myself that I didn't do it sooner in my career career at USC because I I had one when I was in high school and it really helped me and so I was when I started to play a lot better I was was like why didn't I you know do this earlier but yeah, I definitely had imposter syndrome at the beginning of the season, I think. Um, and I think that was just trying to figure out my role on the team, which obviously is the captain role. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of two captains, so there's there's one other captain. Um, and so I think it was trying to figure out how to, you know, lead the team with another guy, good friend of mine, um, and being the voice of reason, I, th- I think it's it's a very challenging role to step into, especially if you're not familiar with the role. But you know, I think you know you look at old captains from the past, and it's like, what do I want to take from them that I liked? What do I want to not take from them? And I think it's just trying to step into your own. And I think I did that, and I'm at this point, I'm really content with how I did that and um you know I'm now it's like I'm very confident uh going into this next year so yeah what are your goals for this year or do you plan for the year ahead do you guys do you personally plan for the year ahead I mean you talked a little bit about journaling which is awesome I was so excited to hear that you were doing that um do you do you plan for the year ahead like goals or like do you have any goals or int- intentions or anything for your for your 2024? Like water polo wise or Yeah, I mean like in life for you or in water polo or anything. For water polo, I would say I mean this it, we're in the off season now, so it's more so about getting all the guys on the same page um cuz it's it's easy to slack off a little in the off season cuz you you know you think that uh, like December, which is when the NCAA tournament is, is so far away. But it's obviously like you have to have time to kind of rewind and reset. But it's also important that you're, again, like you're improving 1% every day. At least for us in the off season, it's a lot of technical work. So I think getting everyone like individually a little bit better. That's my goal as a captain. I want everyone to walk out of this spring feeling like they got better in some way. And I think, and I, you know, me too, I have some personal goals for myself, like simple things like I want to get faster. I want to gain a few pounds of muscle. Um, 
you know, improve my shot, like little things like that. But the overarching goal that I have in my head is getting everyone else better and making everyone else better around me mm. so that everyone can be on the same page. And, you know, I want to elevate everyone's experience and play. So I, I think that's one of the most important things as a leader is and a great teammate in general is just making everyone around you better. That's so I, that's one thing that that's the most important thing I'm going to be focusing on this entire year, not just the spring, the summer and in the fall. Um, you know, I'm, the biggest goal this year is to win the national championship. I mean, easily the biggest goal of 2024. Yeah, I haven't really made any personal goals now that I think about it. It's more so water polo related, but um but I think that those are also personal, right? Like yeah, yeah, no, definitely. The water personal. polo for you it um, is very personal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I'd say right now that's the most one of the most important things. So yeah. Okay, one last question. I'm gonna ask you. Well actually let's do this. Do you have any questions for me? Um, let's flip the script. Because we don't do that enough in our family. Let's flip the script. Do you have any questions for me? Have you ever had, what are some, like, have you ever had imposter syndrome? syndrome? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, what gosh. were like some moments? Um, I would say. Uh, like, was it on stage or maybe before? Um, I would say my very first, there, I've had many. The very first time that uh, I was getting my commercial use authorization, when I was getting my my wilderness first responder certification, uh, my teacher made me cry. He yelled at me and told me that I, quote, killed the person because I didn't know how to do the correct saving technique, like how to technically or how to save them correctly. Mm-hmm. And that that was like, OK, can I even do this? Am I stepping into something that's bigger than me? am I going to be able to succeed or, or really uh, step into this role? Because it's a leadership role in a different way. Like mm-hmm. you're guiding people through the Grand Canyon. And then when I had people questioning me with that, like, what the heck are you doing taking people into the Grand Canyon when you're in your forties and starting this whole new, you know, job that nobody else had done. Nobody was talking, nobody was doing the t- type of work that I was doing back then. And I remember my very first retreat the night before that I was hiking down every, I was hiking everybody in and I was like, what am I doing? Like, can I do this? Like, what the hell am I doing? And then when I was down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you actually, I don't know if you know the story, but I was down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon and people were actually asking me like, what are you guys doing down here? They were calling it. Okay. They were calling it voodoo shit. They literally were like, what is this voodoo shit that you're doing down here with your clients? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? Like, we're guide. I'm taking them through meditation and through visualization and I'm coaching and I'm, we're hiking and we're adventuring and we're, you know, stepping outside of our comfort zone. Funny enough, uh, a couple of retreats ago, I had somebody come to me and ask if I could get that, if I could certify them to do the same work. Cause they were like, I've been watching you and I love the work that you're doing. Can, is there a certification process that we can go through to get certified to do what you do. And I said, well, no, cause I don't certify people. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I've never created a program for it. It's just what I do. And I think that that's, um, that was like, I went back to that moment, that very first moment where I was taking people in and I was thinking, okay, how funny that at one time 
I was like, had this major imposter syndrome of, can I even do this? Mm-hmm. You know, but standing on stage, I've never felt like an imposter on stage because I feel like every, I feel like the world is like your stage, right? Like your stage is in the pool. Your stage is before you are jumping into the pool to start that game. Your stage is right now, like sharing what you're sharing. And so I don't, I've never really looked at being on stage as um, being imposter, I guess. It's just like, to me, it's an extension of the work that I've always done. It's just delivering it in a different way to an audience, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I have, though, felt that imposter many, many times, Mm -hmm. many times. It's not a fun feeling. No, it's not. It's not. But how have you worked through it? I mean, for me, like this year's journaling and talking to someone, I think that was, that helped the most. And just kind of, for me, like talking about things helps. I think just getting out the, the internal feelings, not internalizing anything is, was the biggest thing for me. Um, and trying to understand why I was feeling that way, you know, what, you know, and re- realizing that at the end of the day, like it's, you're doing something that you love. I mean, what what reason is there to feel like you're not yourself? I mean, there's obviously there's there can be a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, for me, it was realizing like, hey, I'm doing something that I love with guys that I love, you know, at a school that I love. There's no reason to, you know, have because, you know, 30 years from now, I guarantee I'll look back on it. I mean, I'm looking back, looking back on it now the times that I was feeling that way and I'm like what the heck was I thinking you know because I was mentally taking myself out of out of the whatever whatever it was maybe training or um or a game and it's happened a few times but in my mind it's like it shouldn't shouldn't have to I mean I'm so young like it's there really should be no reason why I feel that way it's just go out and play and have fun like you know, and give it your all. And you know what got me out of it? What got me out of it was how many times that I have said to you guys, I believe in you, right? Like, I believe in you guys. I believe in what's possible in your life, in your dreams, in your goals, and your aspirations. And so for me, I remember sitting there like, okay, if I, if I'm going to state this to them, then where does it have to start? It has to start with believing in myself. Mm-hmm. And so if I can believe in myself and I believe in all of you, you're an extension of me, then doesn't that just ripple more into you guys too? Right. Yeah. And so yeah, I think it was also just having like a um, waking up and at least for me, like more recently, I've just been more grateful. I would say just for like simple things like good health, live in a, you know, a good place in the world and, able to have food and water and it's been little things like that it's i think it makes you see the bigger picture more for, for me the bigger picture was you know water polo and um in school and so i yeah i think those being more grateful was another thing that kind of just like gratitude's huge 
Yeah, gratitude, yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last comments that we uh that you want to share? Is there any last tidbit of information? Don't think so. I think we hit we've hit a lot. A good amount. We have. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being my son. Of course. I have three of the greatest boys, I have to say. Like mm-hmm. you guys all rock. I don't even, I have no other words, but I'm just super proud of every one of you. So um, will you come on again at some point? Maybe we'll see the reviews. <laughs> you know what I would love is if you could also get Christian on with us. That would be very fun. If we could do like a three-way conversation of, because uh, he's basketball and like sports and maybe you mentoring him, that would be really fun. Not to throw you on the spot or anything. I'm sorry, but it would be really, really fun. Yeah. Okay. Christian, I'm not sure. I, I would be open to coming on again. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Uh, share this please, with your friends, with your family, and let's keep the ripple going because maybe we, maybe with this episode, we'll get into like, maybe we'll double it. If we've been in 24, maybe we'll get into 48 uh, countries just with this episode. What do you think? Croatia, for sure. Maybe. You got a lot of friends over there. (laughs) Okay. Thanks everybody for being a part of this and uh, till next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm grateful to have you here. I believe in you, I believe in us, and always will. Life can get hard, but I promise you, on the other side, it's glorious. I'd love to invite you over to sarahsholtenkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to thriver. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.